Yeah, we're getting you, getting me. Everything's good. Let's get us started. Cool beans. Hmm. Far North Tokers. Let me start this game because we've been smoking <laughs> fucking blunt already, man. One blunt down already. Episode 119, December 23rd, 2018, with your host, Mid Toker. Thank you all for listening. Has everyone been good? A little naughty? Good. Hopefully, the most of you. Christmas two days away. Christmas Eve tomorrow. Everyone done shopping. Mmm, good times. Go out, shop local, next couple days. Right? Amazon's not going to get here anyway. Shop local. Maybe I'll see you guys out there. Today's episode Chris Ray, assistant manager to the Grass Station 49 Empire. Founder, creator, owner, barely blunt collective. Young guy, 26. Huge impact on cannabis. Fairbanks in the state, and particularly Alaska being one of the leaders. We just hit on-site consumption a couple days ago. This man's going to be involved in that too. Go to Grass Station 49. Get yourself a barely blunt collective shirt, hat. Wrap it up. Give it to friends. You know they're going to love it. While you're there, pick up a gram. From Boreal, Ghost Train Haze. Smoked a blunt of that during the show. Fine sativa. Cheese candy. Not sure if that one's there, if that's personal stash or not, but delish. There's a couple times during the show where you're going to hear Chris from Boreal. He stopped in while we were recording, sat back, rolled some blondes, enjoyed some smoking together. A couple times you're going to hear him. Cut a lot of that stuff out. We'll put it in a later episode. This one is chock full already. All right, let's, let's stop me talking. I'm excited. We're in the Christmas holidays. I love Christmas. Let's get right. Let's get to Chris. Let's get to Chris. Bam! Special thank you to all sponsors of 2018. It's been a great year. Chena Cannabis, Good AK Cannabis, The North Bowl Refinery, the Alaska Cheese Steak Company, Dab Lab AK, Nature's Relief, and Moving Free Farms. Thank you for helping bringing quality cannabis shows to Alaska. Sponsoring this podcast has been awesome. Here's Token. Far North Tokers goes mobile again. And when that happens, there's really always on-site consumption, right? Always. Always. And meeting up with Chris Ray of Barely Blunt, there had to be some blunts. We were talking earlier... I'll be a, a blunt novice or maybe a, a blunt not wanting to stay away from him completely. Just ugh. it all goes probably goes back to the beginning. And like you were saying, grabbing a swisher sweet, hearing about a blunt in the beginning, emptying it, filling it up, not knowing anything I'm doing. I mean, the last show I talked about putting two buds in a paper and rolling just two buds. My first time I did a joint. So you can imagine what my first blunt looked like. My first time rolling a joint, uh, learned off a YouTube video. Awesome. Yeah, it tells you what, what years I'm from. You wanted to roll a joint, so you just went to YouTube and looked up roll joint? Well, yeah, I was a late bloomer, so I didn't start smoking until after my first semester of freshman year of college. So that was like 20, 2010, 2011, because I graduated high school 2010. So yeah, Christmas Christmas of 2010 is when I first smoked. They're saying, I like, I'm so high, it feels like Christmas. You got high for the first time during Christmas, huh? Yep. Lights and everything? Yep. What, what, what was going on? At my buddy's house. Uh, Christmas tree up. 
Well, no, we were actually uh, in his room because for some reason his parents were cool with us smoking because we were not drinking, which at the time I didn't understand, but now I totally do understand. <laughs> but no, we were just all sitting upstairs playing Xbox. They were uh, had a bong passing it around and they had a pipe they were passing it around. And just randomly, I was like, hey, man, let me, let me hit that. They're like, what? I was like, well, if you're going to make a big stink about it, like, I'm just going to sit back here and like keep watching you guys you know, do what you do. He's like, oh, no, here, here, here. So you hung out with him a lot, and you were just known as not partaking. Oh, yeah, all my friends smoked and drank in high school growing up, and I was always, always a sober Sally. Why? What led that way? What, what Was it the way you raised your parents? No, say I mean, no, or what was what led I mean, sports? I played high school sports, but, I mean, it just wasn't – drinking honestly didn't interest me at all, and at the time, smoking just didn't interest me at all. I mean, it's just like one of those things that everyone – or not everyone, but, like, your friends were doing – and. Usually you join that circle and you're like, oh, let me, let me hop in there. But I was like, "Mm, no, I'm good. So you were able to maintain resistance against peer pressure. Was there any peer pressure? Oh, all the time. And you just maintained. So that kind of became something cool for you too then, right? Oh yeah. It's like, let me see how many people I can tell no. And then all the way up until freshman year of college came back and I was like, no, fuck it. And then why was it? Why was it? Fuck it. What was the reason? I don't know, just like a random urge. It was just going around and you were in there and it was fun. It's just yeah, I mean, was a good time. I've always like, situation. I mean, there's always been like a contact high, but there's never been like, you know, oh, here, you know, let me rip the bong real quick and just get that that first time you like you get stoned. It's uh-huh. like, oh my God, why have I not been doing this the last five years? Is that what it was like for you? Oh, hell yeah. It still is like that. Uh, <laughs> how long have you been smoking now? So where is it, 2018? I haven't stopped since probably the first time. I mean, there's, there's was been... was the first time? What year was that? 2010, right? Yeah. 2010? So eight years. Yeah. Graduated May 2010. So the, that that Christmas you time. You got me fucking thinking toke, now, man. Damn. You toke. Did you buy a bag right away or were you just, you automatically just had weed from then on? Was well, just, my friends, like I said, they always smoked. So if I didn't have weed, they had weed. And so, you know. Did you go home with a bag that night? No, not that night. No. Do you remember that first time asking for it? Asking. Honestly, no, man. I don't. Like, I, I don't even remember who I bought my first bag from. Well, it had to be from a friend, you know, they probably were getting a quarter and you probably got an eighth of it at the same time. That seems like... Well, see, back then it was like no one wanted you to know who their guy was. Right. But you had had to get it from somewhere. Well, well, now now I understand. Like, that's the thing. But you had to go talk to somebody. Well, no, like my buddies always had it. And so if they had a quarter and I was like, hey, man, are you going to get weed? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, here, man, here's 40 bucks. Give me what I can. Oh, right, right, right. Or here's 20 bucks. Give me what I can. Like, I didn't know shit at the time. I remember that. That's a vague memory. Yeah. I do remember that. So, but like the more you start smoking, it's like the more trust they gain with you with smoking. So it's like, hey, man, like I'm going to grab some weed you want to come with. Right. You're allowed into the circle. Like, what? Like, so yeah, man, she usually doesn't like people coming over to her house. Like, dude, I remember walking into this old lady's house out in Willow. 60, 70 year old woman just with a totes of marijuana. So like, yeah, what do you guys want? She was the retail? Yeah. And she I'm wasn't like, growing, right? She was just the retail. Yeah, I was like, are you serious? She's like, oh yeah, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. Like, Mike, is this? He's like, yeah, that's where I've been coming. She just told me what? that the I was like, dude, are you serious? Like, I'm thinking you're going to like some like, you know, trap house and the door's gonna get kicked in at any fucking point in time and it's gonna be sketch but no here you are buying some weed from this little old lady and and then you get I mean, to go back to her obviously you, ha- you, you do have those other type of dealers but no right yeah but it's, it's, <laughs> it's fun to have to meet that the person behind the curtain finally oh always always but at the same time you always get those guys who are like oh man you wanna smoke like Pineapple Express type of shit uh, so, what do you mean like what, explain like you remember when Seth Rogen walks in 
goes to buy his weed. And he's like, all right, man, I'll see you later. And he's like, what? You're not going to sit down and smoke with me? Or like, he says something like that. Or oh, smoking right. run. And he's like, oh, you know, all right, fuck it. And like, they start smoking and then it just leads onto a whole nother path. Yes. The adventures. Yeah. Those, those dealers, the lingers. Lingers, man. What lingers? Explain. Explain. Go further with that. Lingers. You know, every single time you pull out some weed and then someone just comes out from around the corner. Oh, dude, you got the smoke? Yes. No, I was like, dude, you. where the fuck did you come from? Mm-hmm. So, oh, you know, I was in the neighborhood. Thought I'd stop by. It's like weird. As soon as my blunt's going to spark, you're just stopping out. Okay, well, you're here, so. Yes. Or that one roommate that you, I'm sure you've had some roommates before. I mean, I've been through, you know, three or four of them, but. As soon as you get ready to spark up the bomb, they like knock on your bedroom. Do, do, do. Hey man, what are you doing? It's like uh, smoking. Or you split it out, yeah. and it seems like you're always smoking out of your sack. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, what happened to your hat? <laughs> oh, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I do know. <laughs> Staying up till two a.m. every night, token bulls playing fucking Halo. Or they still have it after you're out of yours. Yeah. So, oh yeah, you want to smoke? I got some. It's like, all right, bro. But yeah, I mean, those were the good old days. So that was in Willow, and then you said you moved to Missouri? Well, yeah, so I'm, I graduated in 2010 from the Valley, graduated from Colony, and then went to Idaho for a year, school oh. college, yeah, for school. Idaho's nice. Oh, dude, it's like, so many people don't even know about Idaho, and it's like a little hidden gem. Like, mm. Idaho. I've driven across country a bunch of times. And, oh, dude, Eastern Washington dude. and Idaho is fucking awesome. Yes. Um, but anyways, yeah, I went to Idaho for a year was going to go back to Idaho for my sophomore year. But when I got there, really, I was like, I just wasn't enjoying school. So school wasn't really for me. What were you doing? What were you going for school? Just general. I went to school my freshman year for virtual technology and design. Yeah, so I wanted to go for graphic design, but they didn't have graphic design there at the time. Oh, but you, you, you get to use that now, what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, a little I mean, bit. Your, a little your bit passion, here and there. your art. Yeah, it's a plus. But I mean, everything that I've kind of learned how to do now has been... Learn as you go. Yeah, and YouTube. Watch YouTube. Yeah, YouTube tutorials. Shout out to YouTube, man. I know. I mean, just <laughs> anything. How do you edit this? Right. How do you do this? How do you fix my washing machine? How do you go back on, you know, go back on this? Oh, hit these controls. It's like, oh, wow, I didn't even know this is a thing. It's a love-hate relationship with the internet, right? No, we did not have that. We So you grew, you were buying weed when you had smartphones. Yep. You were just calling someone, probably texting them. Texting, yeah. Uh, we'd get pagers. That was my deal. Pages. Pagers. What? Pages oh, coming man. in. <laughs> oh, you're from the East Coast too, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's Why is that? Why does it make sense that way? Oh, I just heard your accent. Oh, right. Yeah, came out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back into that. Just a little bit. Thinking about the old days. Yes, it comes. It comes out. I've been gone there for a long time. I recorded a couple shows back on the East, and my my voice came out hard. Especially talking to people. Depends on who you're around, man. It's yes. definitely what you're around highly influences what you sound like and what you do, how you act. How 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 comfortable you get, right? Yeah, no, I always found I mean, that how? funny because people always act like, oh, well, so-and-so should act like this. It's like, well, not really. Like He could act totally different if he was raised by two parents on the East Coast opposed to the one person who's raised by the single parent in the South. Yes. Opposed to the single kid who's raised by foster parents in the north like just what you get face yeah. what you're up against yeah but what challenges you and how you face them what conflicts you go through or none at all you yeah. know problems are all handled for you exactly so, so you didn't go to school were you just missing alaska then you came back to alaska at that point so i went back to idaho like that second year 
but I didn't enroll in school. So I lived there for a couple of months and then realized I needed to do something. So I moved to Tacoma. Um, a buddy of mine was living there, going to school, playing basketball. Leo we, Weeb was going on there, right? So they had like uh, medicinal shops up. And so you had to have a card. You were token at this point. Yeah, at this point, I was smoking heavy every day. Once Easy to get a card, pretty much. Well, that's the thing. I didn't even, like, I didn't really know the ins and outs to get a card. I knew you had to be a resident. Didn't need to. But I wasn't a resident of Washington. And I didn't know if I was going to stay around long enough mm-hmm. to even get residency. So, but you find people who are. So, hey, man, go grab me this, this, and this. It's all right, sweet. Boom. Cheap weed. Get mm-hmm. a lot of it. I, I learned a lot in Washington. What did you do in Washington? <laughs> oh, I was just living. Just living? Mm-hmm. How'd you make money? You had money? I mean... You made money. You, you make some money. Also here, hustle there. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's good. You learn how Find to a work. way to make some cash. Scrounge yeah, up definitely. some paper. Well, it's good. And they, but something was... It wasn't enough or you just tired of that? And no, I mean, to... I was just trying to find something to do. I mean, at the, same, at the same time, like, my, my parents were helping me out, too, when I was in Washington. So I always had them. But they were, now that I was gone from Alaska... They're like, all right, well, you're gone. I'm an only child. They're like, all right. My parents were split up. And so one moved here and one moved there. My dad happened to move to Missouri. And my mom happened to move to Hawaii. I was like, oh, well, shit. All right. Well, mom's in Hawaii. Let me drive all my stuff down to my dad in Missouri since I can drive there. Mm-hmm. Park my car, drop my stuff off. Got a plane ticket to Hawaii. Went to Hawaii and kicked in Hawaii for about three months. Um, that's a nice, that's a nice adventure. How old were you when you left Washington? When I left Washington, that was 2012. So I'm 26 now. 2021. Solo? Huh? Oh yeah. I've done solo across yeah. country. It's a fun. It's a fun <laughs> ride. Oh yeah, it was. It was quite the adventure. You you learn a lot from like a lot of different people and a lot of different like like I said like <coughs> everyone's the raised different. Yeah. Are you, are you talking about just who you meet or places you lived? Uh, just like the or places I've lived. Country. Uh, just places I lived. I mean, um, yes. like living in Washington and Seattle, you learn so much about people and, you know, completely different from Missouri. It is the best education in the world as being a human, I think, yeah. is to travel. And that's the thing, man. Like, yeah, you can it kills go, racism. It kills. You can go take a class and read some, read some textbooks and walk across the stage and get a degree and, but not have even traveled outside of the state that you're from or the city at that, like, for the matter of where you're from, and then all of a sudden, you think you just know it all because you got a you got a degree because you studied for four years. You just have to experience, don't you? Yeah, like go go travel for four years, go 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 to a country here, you go to three different states, live there for a year, something like that. Like, obviously, not everyone has the the means to do that. I understand that. No, I I had a very similar thought when I was. That age of... Well, that's the thing. Like, I am not going to spend all my money to vacation somewhere. I'm going to go live where people vacation. And that's the thing. Like, it, my freshman year of college cost me 28 grand in loans and... That's all money. Grants, whatever. Yeah. 28 grand. To go sit in a classroom yeah. for, for half the year, pretty much, three-fourths even, like, that's ridiculous. You know what 20, 28 grand can get you? A business license. A business license, some, some trips... I mean, experience is the best teacher, in my agreed. opinion. I agreed. Granted, and it's very, it's it was very rare where I had, you know, I had maybe one or two professors that I can still remember to this day at Idaho. Both of them talked about all these other places that they've been and places that they've traveled. 
Well, it's good to be able to take in some <clears throat> book knowledge into that experience. Mm-hmm. To at least take some. Okay, I, I, I'm, I not know say, a I'm not saying don't in, go to school or anything like that by any means. Like, school is an awesome tool. I mean, it doesn't have to be school. It could be a book. It, can it could be, be a book. Talking to somebody. Yeah. Listening to, to a podcast or something. Yeah. Talking to smart people. Yes. Listening to smart people at that. I feel like a lot of people have a lot of knowledge, but a lot of those people that they're talking to aren't listening. You have they to be you. ready. But uh, the sound of silence, right? Yeah. Listening without hearing or hearing without listening. Which which way is it? Yeah. Like, I, I feel like I pick up on things like that a lot. I think a lot of that has to do with just moving around. And, you know, like, I started working retail as soon as I got done with... Once I got done with Hawaii. Because I was in Hawaii for about two to three months. Which part? Uh, Honolulu. Waikiki. Now, my mom lived, like, five minutes down from the Ala Moana Mall. Like so you're like 21. 2021 at the time, yeah. Heading to Hawaii. Yep. But that's the thing, I, I don't drink or anything like that, so for me. Well, you were token then, and Hawaii's guy had some good Oh, points. yeah, man. Dude, I found weed the cra- craziest way. But So I didn't know anyone in Hawaii. I didn't know any friends. You just started hanging out at first. I mean, you weren't working. Well, no, this is the thing. Like like I told you, like, when I started smoking, it became like an everyday thing, and so you really want to be having some herb. Like, I really, like, before I went down to Hawaii, like, I'm trying to find a connection for some herb. And Before you got to Hawaii? Yeah. How? Like, How are you doing that? Well, you got to think, that's when uh, Twitter was big. Twitter was getting really popular in 2000, 2010, 2012, around that time. So I had Twitter. You can search, like, on Facebook. You can mm-hmm. search your keywords. I'm searching Honolulu weed, like, trying to find people talking about Hawaii and weed, like, smoking like smoking a blunt on the beach, blah, 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 like, some, some mm-hmm. shit like that, like. You get a random guy message like, hey, man, I'm coming down to Hawaii for vacation. Like, do you know where I get some herb? Could you imagine getting someone random? They do. <laughs> yeah. Far North Oak is like, hey, man. They uh, do? Do you know where I can find something? Well, now it's legal. So it's like, yeah, man, there's this shop and this right. shop. That, right. It, so I guess they did. Right. It hadn't happened in a while. Yeah. It hadn't happened in Hawaii. So in Hawaii, it's like everything's black market. So I'm hitting random people up on Twitter, like messaging them like, hey, man, send them DMs like, you know where I can get some herb, blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm looking for some weed. Maybe, like, two out of ten people are, sure. like, actually replying and hitting me back. Like, uh, who is this? Like, why are you hitting me up? I'm like, dude, honestly, I searched these two words, like, <laughs> trying to tell you the <laughs> you same story. Like, I'm like, so desperate. He's like, all right, man, so I'm not there right now. I'm in, I'm in wherever, but I've got a friend who's down there. Let me hit him up and see if he's comfortable selling you some weed. Where could you meet him at? I was like... My mom lives right by the Alamoana Mall. I can meet him over there. Boom, done deal. He's like, all right, cool, yeah, let me know. Next thing you know, I'm at the mall texting this random-ass guy like, hey, man, I'm in a uh, Orlando Magic jersey. Let me know when you see me. Truck comes up, uh-uh, like honks his horn. He's like, all right, man, come on, let's go. Like hopping this random dude's truck like mm-hmm. to get some weed. And the entire drive up the mountain, man, he's talking about how, I'm like, so what do you guys do here for see fun? Line? Oh, yeah. He's like, so what do you guys do here for fun? And he's like, oh, you know, we, we drink and we party and we fight. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, man, you know, we smoke some herb too, so that's good. And I was like, all right, whatever. And so we're sitting there smoking the entire time. I'm like, man, who am I with? I got to find somewhere else to get some weed ASAP because this connection is not going to last long. Maybe you got like a quarter from that guy. He lasts about five, six days. Finally, one of my friends in Alaska was like, hey man, I heard you down in Hawaii. One of my friends from Wasilla is living down there right now. I'm like, dude, just please tell me you smoke. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh yes. So now I have like a friend connection. Yes. Start going to him, start smoking with him, hanging out with him. 
I lucked out on that. But yeah, so for those last two months I was down there, month two, two and a half months, smoking with him, hanging out. It's probably like one of the most relaxing times of my life. <laughs> No job, wasn't doing anything, just hanging out, going to the beach. And smoking real kind bud. And so, yeah, dude, man. I was like, dude, where do you get your weed? He's like, some Hawaiian guy. I was like, can I come with you? He's like, nope. <laughs> it's like, all right. <laughs> kind of like the same thing I was telling you about. Yeah, he's like, nope. <laughs> I never got to meet that guy, but uh, about three months was up. I got tired of it. Just got tired of being on an island and went back to Missouri and Started the retail life. What was doing what? Started at Lids part-time. That's where it all mall, started. Small shop, hats? Mm-hmm. Yep. Started there part-time. Next thing you know, I'm there full-time. Next thing you know, this is like well, all within six months. Became an assistant manager. And then you learn from good managers and you learn from bad managers. You learn what to do and what not to do. And you take, like, I learned this from my, like, you, you take the good from the bad. I learned that from my dad. Like, no matter what kind of situation you're in, I had a shitty manager. I was like, man, like, like, are you serious? Like, this is what you're getting paid X amount of dollars to do this. Okay, well, I'm gonna outwork you, and hopefully, someone notices that. That was a, an internal, actual thought. Yeah, that you're gonna outwork him to get his job. I mean, I, not not per se to get his job, but to get a manager spot. I mean, I know at Lids, there's there's multiple stores, so it doesn't have to be his. But I know no, one will. You open knew up he got in the door. Yeah, exactly. If this dude can exactly. get in there. I can get in. Yeah, there. got it. So. It wasn't about taking his spot. Uh -uh. It was about knowing the, the cost of entry. Yeah. Nice. I was like, okay, if this dude, if this if this guy can get in the manager club, like I can, you know, I'm what 20, 21 at the time now, about to turn twenty two as I'm working there. Just so happens the dominoes fall. This guy gets in trouble for something. My current man, the manager at the time, gets in trouble for something. Has to leave. They're looking for someone to fill the spot, and I was that guy. So. By the age of 21, I have a store in a mall that I'm running. You know, you get pissed off customers like, oh, let me talk to the manager. I'm like, you are. What can I do for you? It's like, yeah, you thought some old 40-year-old dude was going to come out the back and be like, oh, yeah, what can I do for you, man? No, you tried to come in with some bullshit, and you're upset now that a 21-year-old kid is calling you on it. And retail shows you so many faces, doesn't it? Oh, man. Like, dealing with people from... I was in Columbia, Missouri, so you had people from St. Louis coming through... Kansas City, Chicago, Memphis, right down I-70. Mm -hmm. We were right off the highway, too. So, I mean, I saw all all walks of life, man. All walks of life. But like I said, you learn from the good and the bad. I yeah, whether you learn what not to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Lids was awesome. That was, that was a fun job. Just shooting the shit, talking sports every day, counting your life away with the hats. What a lesson to learn so young of what one man can do, another can do. Well, and that's just a thing, too, like, this guy was relatively young. He was probably like 24, maybe 25. He was a manager. I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. Like, kudos to you, bro. Like, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you accept those responsibilities, you got to be able to perform the job. And the moment you can't perform the job, then they're going to find someone who can't. Because at the end of the day, people run businesses to make money. money yeah. And put a smile on customers' faces. And if you can't do both of those things, <laughs> then, yeah, man, retail's a interesting piece, to say the least. Especially hats, man. Never think people would get so upset about hats. 
Oh, any anything <laughs> you're gonna buy, right? Anything right? you're gonna buy, they're gonna you're trading your your time yep. for something else yep. and yeah. whatever it is, and that's a specialty shop. So yep. you have people coming in and looking for specialty things. Doing retail early was a good good training training course for I mean I worked at Lids. That's when I was in Hawaii is when I thought barely blunt. And working at Lids, seeing people spend fifty dollars on a custom hat. We had that, you know, build a hat program to where if you did twelve to twenty four, you paid this price. If you did twenty four to forty eight, you got this much of a price break. If you did this many to this many, you get forty percent off your entire order. I'm like, oh shit! So I could start like a little hat company or something, or you know, give it a go and see if people like it. You know, I'm smoking weed at the time. Weed clothing is kind of on the come up. Like mm-hmm. people are kind of starting to wear it. But not really. It's like kind of right. subtle. That's when I came up with Barely Blunt when I was in Hawaii. But got the logo made and everything. Why Barely Blunt? I love the creation of an idea. Where'd that come from? It was this during your complete uh, relaxed time? Yeah. Two months? Yeah, it was. I was honestly just smoking upstairs. She lived on a sky rise type condo deal on like the 20-something floor, 22nd or 23rd. And uh, just like sitting there staring out the window and just watching these festivals on YouTube. And you just see all these like brand placement brand placement brand placement brand placement you see all these performers wearing branded stuff branded t-shirts branded hats kind of like the numbers guy that i am I'm like okay like if it takes someone 12 dollars to make that hat and they can sell it for you know 35 40 bucks if they put enough of a luxury behind it like leather you know gold pins or whatever little details you want to put on it to make it, you know, better high end. Cause you can certainly make a low end hat for 15 bucks, yeah. make your $3 and just keep them boom, 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 shoveling out the door. Right. Spend an extra three but and you make 15. If an, inter- if you, if someone sees an entertainer rocking a brand, all of a sudden three fourths of that crowd wants that hat or wants that brand. And if I know how cheap it is to make that hat because they're having it made in China or wherever it's coming from on a bulk scale. Someone right now is sitting at home watching this guy perform with his feet up, being like, damn, I had a great idea. I came up with a great clothing line. Now it's feeding itself. I got people running that brand, and everything's good. I'm thinking, how come I can't do that? What one man can do, another can do. You're always going to have your guys that are going to go work their nine-to-fives or day jobs, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's a choice. But you also have more ambitious people who want to do bigger things and expand their almost expand their playbook when your work is not nine to five and it's not confined to a time yeah. and it just is you. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, I think if there's a lot of ambitious people out there and I think that's their end goal, but it takes a lot of work, a lot of work. And then Which it doesn't, is, like you said, it doesn't become a nine to five. It becomes a on the clock all the time type of deal. It's just you, you what you do. Yeah. Because it's what you're trying to do and what you're trying to start until you get to the point where you can hire employees, to, whether it is you start a, a store, you start a uh, printing factory, or whatever it is you want to start. The end game is to make money if well, in business and to to make to, to sell it. Well, and to be happy. Sure. I think. Um, uh, yeah. Because if you're not happy at the end there. of the day, then no matter how much money you got, I mean. Well, no, in business, the idea is to make. Well, okay, you can still go out there too. Yeah. No, I I, I would I would say like obviously if your business isn't making money, then your business is failing point blank period so if you start a business then it would be to make a profit choose that way you could live comfortably but at the same time you need to be happy while you're doing it right so if you're making shoes and you're only seeing a five percent profit 
then you've been doing it for 10 years, then you're hating your life. Right. You're hating your life. Probably shouldn't be doing that anymore, dude. If you love shoes, then keep going. But if you love shoes and it's paying the bills and people are happy and you're happy and that's what you want to do, then by all means, don't knock the happy man. Shoot. Moving Free Farms has been committed to teaching youngsters to the young at heart English and Western horseback riding for 25 years. Located just behind the university, they teach year-round in either the indoor heated arena in the winter or outside in the summer. Give them a jingle at 907-378-0103 to schedule a convenient time. Moving Free Farms. Let's ride some horses. So still wear it barely blonde. I mean, you're smoking a blunt. Is that why a blunt? Actually, at the time, I was smoking out of a pipe because I couldn't smoke a blunt because okay. I was indoors. So you're taking one hit and blowing it out kind of thing? Yeah, so out the window. Uh, Skyrise building, Hawaii is really windy. Open up one window on this side of the building. Open up the other window in the bedroom on this side. Constant air fuck. Air catches it. Oof. Gone. Yep. Towel under the front door so it can't go into the hallway kosher so where is it where's where's barely blunt where did but from? that's when i was watching those festivals and watching those brands just get all that recognition that's when i was just like you start brainstorming an idea yeah a, a name a name and then that's when i came up with the name i was like okay i need like a play on words like boom boom has to roll up the tongue thinking of logos um i kind of wanted something like a mascot almost but at the same time i didn't really want people to be like oh i can't wear that because I don't have the new ha- the new logo over there, like with the baked grill right, right, right. or the sweatshirt that I have I that has the, the blunt hanging out of his mouth. Like I couldn't make that the main logo because at the time I was like, man, people aren't going to want to wear something that is showing that they smoke weed. Most people aren't. Most people aren't. But that one logo that I came, that I came up with, that was just kind of like an outline mm-hmm. profile with the smoke coming out. I like a lot of sports, like I said, on it, that's what got me in at Lids is my knowledge of sports. But um, just looking at logos even more when I got there, I was like, okay, like maybe this was a good choice to go with this first logo because the Chicago Bears, not Bears, but uh, Chicago Bulls logo, how it has that, that big bull smoke coming out of it. That's kind of a cool accent because you can tell that it's angry and it's upset. And based off the way that the mm-hmm. eyes look and stuff like that, you can't take someone's logo or anything like that. But at the same time, you need to make it your own. So that's when I was like, all right, like, what if I, I was, I was just going to be a hat company at first. I was like, what if I have the bear wearing a hat on the hat? Mm-hmm. Like, that's funny. That's interesting. You're not going to see anywhere else. Like, this is one of the first hats I made. Is this done in Hawaii? No, this is when I first started working at Lids. So this is in Missouri before you went to Hawaii? No, no, no. So I came up, I came up with the idea when I was in uh, Hawaii, came up with the logo when I was in Hawaii, when I moved to Lids, I mean, (laughs) moved to Missouri and started working at Lids was when I realized that I missed it because I was looking at your hat. So you did. So I got you in your Washington bounce, your Spokane. I was went down to Missouri, dropped your car off. Tacoma in Washington. Where did I say Spokane? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Spoke Compton. Is that uh-uh. a bad place? Huh? Is it a bad place? Whenever I've driven through, I've never stopped. It just looks like a good place. That's the thing. Okay. I thought the same thing. Until the locals hit me with some knowledge, like, nah, man, it's so Compton. Like, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> okay. Um, but so, Tacoma, Missouri. I drove to Missouri, and then I moved to Hawaii. Hawaii with my mom, and then Hawaii for about three months, and then went back to Missouri. But when I was in Hawaii is when I came up with 
the idea. So of that's in wire. your head. Did you did you have the drawing? Huh? Did no. So the... what I did was I kind of sketched it out a little bit. Found a graphic designer online on Twitter who could bring it to life on Photoshop for me. So I didn't know how to do any of that. Mm-hmm. Kind of told her what I was looking for. Like sent her like my little my little drawing and. Uh, the next like 24 hours, she sent me back a couple of logos and I had to critique some things and that's when she came up with that. So at that point, I just had the idea. I didn't know if I was going to do shirts or hats or what, but that's when I got down to Missouri, got that job at Lids, realized that you can make hats, realized the cost break, like I said earlier. Are you deciding to work at Lids because you had the idea of the No, I was, just, I was just looking for a job. I was just okay. honestly looking for a job and I was walking down the mall. So these are two ideas coming together, mm-hmm. or like um, amplifying. I'd, I'd walked into the lids, shot the sh- uh, shot the shit <coughs> with the uh, with the manager at the time there. When I applied, he realized who I was. I was like, okay, I'm like yeah, you were just sitting here like two weeks ago buying some hats, blah 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 blah. He's like, yeah. he's like, okay, so you know your shit about sports. It's like, yeah. I'm like he's like, all right. So if I show you a couple logos, like you can point them out to me and like show me some some Fox logos or like motocross because you know they have the DC. I gave you a little test. Yeah, like show me all the logos. Like, yeah, that's that. That's that. That's like okay. Well, yeah. You, you ever sold anything before? I was like, I mean, retail now and like, okay, <laughs> blah blah blah. It's like, all right. Well, yeah, you're hired. It's like, okay, cool. But that's when I first realized all those hats were so cheap. It's like seeing invoices come in. Yeah, man, ridiculous. And I was like, okay, like, hop online to see how much it costs to customize a hat. Wow. Okay, it's time to put my logo on a hat, see if I can get it done. Well, the next hurdle was, all right, you got to get the logo digitized. What the fuck is that? Oh, what are they, what's that, the vector file? Well, the vector file is for Photoshop, oh. so they can put it on the uh, their screen printing or screen right. press, whatever. Digitizing is a .dst file. It's the stitching right. layout. Oh, okay. So it tells it like where the needles go in, how deep, how fast, what colors they do, all the changeovers, when to cut. Crazy. So I'm trying to figure out how to get that done, get that all done, and then just start making my first round of hats. In, in Missouri? Yep. As Barely Blunt? Yep. How did you, did you market them? Did I you mean, sell them in the store? No, it just kind of turned, well, because with lids, it's a big corporation, so you right. have to go well, through. I, well, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, but no, um... It would kind of be like, I made my own hats and I wore my own hats at work. So I'd be like, oh, dude, where'd you get that? Like, oh, man, well, I'm here till this time. But after work, if yeah. you hit me up, I can give you a hat for 20, 30 bucks, whatever. So that's kind of what it started turning into. And then friends would hit me up and I'll ask them, like, oh, dude, I need a hat. I want a hat. So go, shit, all right, well, here, you know, send me 25 bucks. I'll make you one. Uh-huh. Slowly, just kind of started picking up. And then uh, I remember I went to South by Southwest one year with a bunch of hats. What is that? Uh, big music festival in Austin, Texas. Mm, Started handing out hats. Gave away. I get, dude, if, man, I've probably lost so much money just like giving away merch. The only way that I saw people getting it out there was giving it to someone and then like it, it, their it friends asking, dude, where'd you get that from? Right. Kind of like a referral. Because if you have faith in your product, yes, it's like if I grew some weed, I would probably, not in the legal market or anything, but like if I grew weed and I thought I was a bomb ass grower, I would go around hand, handing out gram samples, you know, Mr. my friends. Guy. Hey, dude, try this. Let me know what you think. Right? Oh, dude, like, where'd you get that from? Can I have some? Like, mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah, yeah. Do you I want know, some? I don't know where you get that. How many years did you stay then in Missouri? Up until 2016. So legalization happened in Alaska without Chris Ray. Yeah. yeah. Were you excited that it was happening? Yeah, fuck yeah. Well, what was, I mean, what? I was just stuck. Oh, I was stuck, stuck in Missouri. I understand, I'm stuck. 
So my, my dad moved to Missouri. My mom moved to Hawaii. The only family I had living in Alaska are my grandparents and they live in Eagle River. And they're not 420 friendly at all. Yeah, I mean, if, and if I was going to move back up, I had to have the money to move myself back up. You know, I had the dog and the, the girlfriend at the time. So you're watching. Watching all this evolve, and I'm pretty much happen. not there, and I'm, like, yes. pulling my hair out. Like, man, like, that's fucking awesome. And there's going to be stores. Like, that's when I got the call and or text or whatever from uh, from those guys at Pakaloa because he's my basketball coach. That's how it happened? Mm-hmm. He used to coach me for basketball because my dad was my basketball but coach. Why, I, why would he just out of the blue, con- he just knew that you toked? Well, like, yeah, I mean, it's just like... Just keeping in contact? Yeah, I mean, it's not a big circle about, you know, everyone being like, so like out there about smoking weed anyway. So, I mean, they knew that I was working retail and... Oh, makes sense. But I smoked. Right. And they've known me before. And I mean, when you're opening up a weed trust. business... Yeah, it, trust is a big thing, so... Yeah, come on, like we'll give you a job. You just get a text. You're down. You're there in Missouri, working lids still. Uh, no, at that time, um, I went from lids. Like, like I said, at the, in the back of my mind, I still got barely blunt brewing, trying to figure out how to bring all of this to, to life, pretty much. So I'm like, okay, I can't just do hats. I started working at H and M as a holiday person. A shirt place. Shirt clothes, women's clothes, kids' clothes, men's clothes. Oh, I know this. Shoes, okay, I know this. underwear. Yeah, the big place in Anchorage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I didn't work at that one, but I worked at the one in Missouri. Learning that, learning how the fitting room works, like how to actually fold T-shirts correctly, you know? Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was a correct way. I was like, oh, my goodness. Learning what people buy, what people like, seeing it firsthand. And like I said, from all walks of life, from kids to adults. And then when I, when I was and doing that. And then people that, giving more money now, too, right? Mm-hmm. Because first you're seeing like thirty bucks being handed over. I'm seeing twenty nine ninety like thirty dollars for a hat. Buy one get one half off all the time for hats. Like so maybe like fifty sixty bucks. You, you might get like a two hundred three hundred dollar transaction mm-hmm. here and there. But like at the end of the night when I'm dropping my tail, it's like five hundred six hundred bucks maybe from the day. But like, then you're selling clothes. Just you're seeing just more money for the same transaction or for a, one transaction. Well, that and it's a bigger team. So I mean, now instead of four people working, you've got a team of twenty people. Who all work from part timers to people who just work the truck days that come in and unload the truck and put everything right. up on the racks. To you've got like a, a stylist manager who comes in and fits all the all the mannequins and stuff like that for the looks and stuff. Like, like that is someone's sole job when you walk into retail stores is to right. fit the mannequins to make sure it matches what they're running for the month or for the for the season. Yeah, and then when I was working at H and M, I'd actually quit doing the thing at Lids. Um, I wanted to step down to part-time. I wanted to step down to part-time. Anyone who goes from a manager to part-time takes that the wrong way. So eventually this started weaning me off hours. Um, so then I went and picked up another job at Payless as a manager in training. Uh-huh. So I was manager in training for a couple of weeks and then started managing that store. And then told my manager that I was maybe like three, four months into it. Dude, you learn a lot from working with shoes. Holy shit. Uh, what's one lesson? Man. Let me tell you what, working with shoes and older people and, and younger kids and <laughs> kids running and screaming up and down the aisles. I was like, all right, this is my final test. Like, there's there's got to be something coming up after this. That's not whole apocalypse thing started. And Were you guys uh, in contact like through like uh, Facebook and things like that? Like you know, here and there, of, uh, it was a surprise to you. Kind of because did you know they were opening a store? Yeah, I had an idea. 
that they were like they were doing the marijuana thing, uh-huh. cultivation and retail. But I didn't think it was going to be like, boom, yeah, stores opening up. Hopefully, end of this year, like trying to come up. So that call, when when's that come? And when you got a text, up, you said that was maybe uh, end of end of July, start of August, because I moved up here middle of August. And they're what they October, uh, October twenty sixth was the first sale. Oh, I'm gonna let's that let's talk about that one. <laughs> Talk about how many people are pissed off. <laughs> well, yeah, what? Because Herbal Outfitters claims that they're the first because they did it the the next day. They they had their opening. Um, if you look at the receipts, no, I, I yeah, no. receipts say otherwise. No, I got to so give credit where credit is due. Yeah, I mean, it's going off of the first legal the, the first legal sale in when Alaska. you guys when Pakalolo heard mm-hmm. that Herbal Outfitters was opening on that Saturday. Were you guys like, okay, we're going to make a sale Friday? Well, not even that. They had their inspection license. You know, when they come and do the walkthrough for the mm-hmm. final inspection, they had that scheduled Certificate already for that Friday. So uh-huh. they were just waiting on that. Right. Once they had that, they could open up. Well, it just so happened they were able to come through Friday. But they only sold one, right? They just did a yeah. one sale? Yeah. Yeah. To their friend. But um, that was just to get the um, get their name on the board as the first sale? You could say so. I, I can't speak for them. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah I mean, bad for you to speak for them. I can't speak for them. I the first sale happened at Pakalolo. The first sale did happen at Pakalolo, yep. and I guess it depends. That's where a lot of people start talking past each other in any kind of argument, where they'll sit there and say, "We were the first store to open." And so, how are you going to define open? Yeah, that first store open to the public. Absolutely, right. Herbal Outfitters was hands, it, hands down. It's just how you phrase a question, and and people start arguing back and forth and. Yes, Pakalolo was the first sale. Yeah, they had the first sale in legal Alaska history. What was it like to be there that night? Pretty crazy. I bet. I mean... There was an opening party. Was it, wasn't it like a... Um, there must not have been... How do I put this? No, we were... There weren't a lot of people there. No. They told a select few people what was kind of going on, that it might happen. Um, and that if it did happen, that they would let them come in. So there's cameras... One of the news people from the news miner. And He's got made history. Other than that, I mean, I Facebook lived it. It's uh-huh. on my Facebook. The workers that were there. Right. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a huge ordeal with like you know fifty, sixty people there. Did that. you? Did you? Did you feel how awesome it was to be part of that moment? Yeah. I mean, it's you. You watch people work for something, and then all of a sudden, you know, legalization finally happens. Wow. Holy shit. If you're getting up here, in like August, someone just bought weed. You had to walk right because the store was there. I mean, getting ready, right? I mean, so you had to be in there working on stuff, doing things. I don't know, like getting learning how you they went through. Work That's when I first started learning how to grow. Oh, so you went right into the cultivation because they had that before had, the retail. They had that in August. Yeah, uh, retail was October. So the entire time from August to October was just cultivation and getting the retail ready. And it's good to learn about what the plant. Yeah. Again, to learn about what you're going to yeah. be selling. I mean, it taught me a lot. Taught me a lot. The, the first grower they had there, he was, dude, smart. He's fucking smart. The North Pole Refinery is here to provide Alaska with the finest quality CBD available on the market today. They carry a wide range of products, oils, tinctures, capsules, edibles, lotion, bath bomb, vape pens, pet tincture, and isolate. The North Bowl Refinery is distributed to these fine locations. Smoking Deals in Fairbanks and Kenai, Nature's Relief, Denali's Cannabis Cash, Uncle Herbs in Homer and Anchorage, The Frost Farm, AK Fireweed, 
and recently welcoming Grass Station 49 locations, with more coming soon. Check them out at thenorthbowlrefinery.com. The North Bowl Refinery, quality CBD in Alaska. Chena Cannabis, North Pole Cannabis Dispensary, 1725 Richardson Highway, between North Pole and Fairbanks, right before the Badger Road exit. You're gonna love this place. Convenient access right off the highway. Special in-house strains, fine flower strains, chocolate, sourdough, blue kush, big smooth, purple OG kush, fruity pebbles, mmm, concentrates, by good cannabis, good titrations, Edibles by AK Frost and the Good Cannabis Gummies. Head on over to Chena Cannabis. Check out the full menu on leafly.com. Open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Sunday, noon till 6. You don't have to drive all the way to Fairbanks for your cannabis needs. Save your time. Get your quality cannabis at Chena Cannabis. Your North Pole Cannabis Dispensary. Chena Cannabis. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. An open perspective from someone who's been around since the start of the rec- recreational well, I wouldn't even say the start because I mean you had people fighting for this shit before I even moved back up here but you were in the first you were involved in the first retail stores opening in Fairbanks in yeah Alaska and everything. yeah yep you saw it it's starting you weren't here for the regulations but you didn't need to be part of the regulations you were running the business you weren't part of the regulations I was, trying to, hats, I was trying to help run the business I would say I was running the business I was trying to help run the business I was trying to bring. I was trying to bring what experience I had from being involved in retail from 22 until 2016. So until I was 24. So you know, the, just the two years of retail that I had of being a manager down there, just trying to bring that to the table. And what I've learned from working between shoes, hats, and humble other, is yeah. probably a good word I should <laughs> use to describe you. From that situation, you have to. It helps me. You have to be humble, man, because if you're not. Someone will come by and put you on your ass. <laughs> all the up. time, All right? the time. All the time. Like, <coughs> you have to be a humble guy. Like, there's no or way tough as it. fucking nails. Or that. And I can't handle that. And way. there's not a lot of people like that. So. No, there aren't. But there are some. Man, that fucking Sean Fierce. You met Sean Fierce? You know Sean Fierce? I've only talked to him on Facebook because we're in a similar group, but the Canada dudes. But uh, actually, Sean, I have a jar of honey for you. That cool. I've told you about. He might listen sometimes. So I'm going to tell you at this point in the podcast, wherever it ends up being, I have this honey for you. You have to come grab it. He's got some good honey. Yeah, he he was asking for some local sourced honey. I was like, dude, I got two jars of it. Like, just chilling in my my kitchen right now. He you wants, want one? He's he like, yeah. What do you want for? I was like, dude, just give me some beans or something. <laughs> I heard he's got great genetics. So that and that's it. Gets back to that thing when someone says they have anything great. Someone slams them down, right? Like a lot of these Facebook groups. <laughs> so you're either <coughs> humble <coughs> and you don't say shit. Social media is a new form of bullying. <laughs> and you let your actions speak for things. And you let your... 
and your practices speak for things. And that's that's what I like for people, man. It's people who let their their work or their product, you know, whatever it is they're doing, do the talking for them. There's no need to, yeah. I, I, you know. Well, how about marketing your stuff though? That's is that different? Depends on how you look at marketing nowadays, because the way marketing's kind of been spun nowadays is a lot of these accounts like to troll. It's like you, you'll see when you troll McDonald's every now and again, you know. Oh right. And like call, which is yeah, it's funny. I'm all down for it, but when it comes to actual like marketing, marketing like you know advertisements, paper, social media, obviously we can't advertise too much because of what we're held against with what's being legal and what's not federally. But no marketing is definitely it's you you have to market if you don't have merch, if you don't have t-shirts, hoodies, hats, anything you can think of to put your logo on that people use every day. They're crazy not to make. Right. So. Moon cabbage has tore me up. Moon cabbage is delicious. Because I was trying to retrace where we started and I couldn't find it. We just got a fresh batch over at uh, Grass Station. It does no good to... Spreadsheet. Well, it does no good to try to rub people's name through the dirt or anything like that. Like you said earlier, like I fully believe in karma. So as long as you're doing everything right that you feel is correct. Oh, your intention is good. Yeah. Then you should have nothing to worry about. The worst thing that could happen is you'd made a mistake. You just kind of left because you wanted to do other things, right? Between Pakalolo. <laughs> I mean, we gotta we gotta figure out some way to clean that up. I mean, yeah. you can't just jump over. Let's just say that. Okay. That it's answer. Easy to that do. answer sounds a lot better. Let's go on. And the way we've talked about you before, it's a you're you're very um, humble in your yeah. in your answer. So I I think one of the first times I was trying to catch up with you might have been at like uh, four twenty. Yeah. And we didn't catch up, but we saw each other at Dab Lab. Yeah, that was a... Whew. Yeah, that day. <laughs> That's a fun 420 day. I won a bomb that day. At Dab Lab? Yeah. Nice. Sure. For what? A raffle? Yeah, a little raffle they did. Did you go seeking out Grass Station? I went seeking out a job in the cannabis industry, and I actually had an interview set up with um, Greg over at Good. Like, let's say this is on uh, Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So I set up the interview over there for... Just going to see all the retails? For a Friday. They were going to bring me in for an interview. And then um, I had worked with someone else previously that was at Grass Station and told them that I had an interview with Good. And they're like, ah, you have an interview with us. Ah, nice. I called them after I had the interview at Grass Station after I accepted that job and had told them I was going to take the job at grass station cool yeah so i went about it the right way but good's good's doing a good job the concentrates are fire brought me in for an interview at grass station and that's when i met mason and gary and never 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 before my interview have ever met gary or mason i i like it over there man i was ready to uh take on a larger role mm-hmm. help out in other areas i feel like they were very 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 receptive to that well, you got to be some something different at this other place. Maybe before, like we were talking about, you were his student or something. Yeah. Like below him or something. Yeah. Or he was your coach. And 
Not, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe no, that feeling. Much, Maybe much better place. Recreate yourself somewhere, something different. Yeah. Not recreate yourself, just be. Much better place where they let you uh, spread your spread your wings a little bit. Well, he definitely, I mean, both of them seem to be, they're letting you guys run the place and sell weed. They didn't know much about herb in the beginning, did they? They weren't herb smokers. No, I mean, not, now they are. Yeah. <laughs> it would be tough not to be. Finding them, how good it is, and how awesome. They've just been working all their lives, and they know good business. Right. Uh, just know how to, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why, what, Grass Station, three stores in town now? Yep. What, what's going on in Nome? What's going on with that? Nome is coming. Anything. Heard it started. I heard they got accepted. Oh, it yeah. It's all done. So, just paperwork and all that kind of stuff? Yep. When, when do you I think they're going to I have no idea. Oh, At the rate that Amco moves, I have no idea. That's good. Just waiting for things to happen. And if things need to happen, I mean... Licensing is not my area. (laughs) All that paperwork stuff, not my my cup of tea. Sell weed, huh? uh, I buy weed from guys like this. So you're the buyer, main buyer. Uh, So it's the buyer. So what what would you... um, What role would you call yourself if you had to put a word over your head? Like if you had to put it down or if you were going to go... Your title. I don't think I'd give myself a title. I mean... You have to. Swiss Army knife. Nice. Yeah. I'll go with that. Swiss Army knife. Boom. Jackass yeah. ball trades. <laughs> or that right there. We'll go with that. That's good. Because eventually, even being that, you get to be expert in some of those things. Well, I mean, really good. And just like with any other industry, I mean, this is all new to everyone. We're all learning each and every day. Right. So. And it's a forgiving one in the beginning, just that it's a high-value commodity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fun, though, man. Every day is different. It's like I was watching an interview with one of the other guys, one of the weed guys from California, Burner, and uh, he said, like, every one or two days in the marijuana industry is, like, every five or six months in any other industry. Just with the... Just like the rapid changes. Change. Yeah. Prices could drop. Boom, boom, boom. Just like that. And the blink of an eye. But all of a sudden, like, go back up. Fluctuate. What have you seen from the beginning of just trends? It's as it all. It's always been THC up here, right? We were talking about the highest I've seen was maybe a. a I think the highest I bought was a twenty-eight point five. NorCal, from uh, Frozen Buds, I think it was. Mm-hmm. It's, there's there's higher than that now. Like a thirty. Oh, yeah. What's what's we, the highest we had you guys had? A couple had of thirties. We had a thirty-two. Uh, Thirty-two. Yeah. But some people tell you the twenty-five percent was better. And what do you think? I think once you, you know, surpass that 22 to 23%, it's pretty much hit or miss because, yeah. You're putting it all into, say, a blunt anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, it might hit you like a freight train for the first 30 minutes, but the high might wear off quicker as opposed to, like, if you smoke something that's flavorful, 19 to, you know, that 21%, that might be a sweet spot for someone, like Mm -hmm. an everyday smoker, but it's got, like, 3.6% terps. 2.5% 2.5% terps, and those terps might affect your body. And it's not $28 a gram. Yeah, exactly. So you let's say you might you might have been able to get in a quarter of it versus an eighth because of the price point. Right. Versus, yeah, you're missing out on a complete 7 8% THC maybe. But the this stuff right here is a good value buy. It's good smoke. It's going to, and like I said, if those terpenes affect you correctly, mm-hmm. this might be your go-to. Right. 
Like this stuff right here that we just rolled up is a sativa, but it's high in beta mercine. And I find every single time I smoke this, it puts me on the drowsy side. Ghost train haze. That mm -hmm. does, we haven't smoked any of that yet, or did we smoke? Mm -mm. We smoked moon cabbage and Cinderella so far. Just two? Oh, just two, man. Yeah, this. You yeah. didn't roll. Th we didn't oh, smoke no. the third. Oh no, it's right here, man. Are you sure? Oh yeah, we're still rolling. <laughs> Dab Lab AK. Winner of Cannabis Classic 2017, Alaska's Best Glass Shop. And there's no doubt as to why. High quality, American-made glass, none of this cheap import stuff. With the best CBD and accessories available on the market, all in a comfortable, professional setting with competitive prices. Support local, College Road, Fairbanks. I'm going to let my buddy Alaska Red tell you. For the highest quality glass that you're going to find in Alaska, head on down to my buddy's shop, Dab Lab AK, 3410. College Road. That's Dab Lab AK, 3410 College Road, Fairbanks, Alaska. 10 to 9, Sunday through Thursday, open till 11, Friday to Saturday. For all your cannabis accessory needs, Dab Lab AK. Backtrack provided by Alaska Red, Lyrical Sticker. Yeah, I mean, working at grass station's been the bee's knees. It's been what do you like about it? Just being on create. You guys seem like yeah. you have a lot of um, uh, creative freedom. And yeah, opportunity to do stuff. Well, they're very you try different things out. They're very receptive. Like this you, this time last year, I didn't think you'd be doing deli style. Oh yeah, that's well, crazy. Why didn't you, you didn't think it because it it just wasn't a a thing. It wasn't even a thought. Like. We, we, didn't, we weren't even thinking about doing that. Everything's like, all right, let's package it up as quick as we can. Why'd you go deli style? Keep the weed fresher. I like it. Does it slow down things? Not if you do it right, which we're slowly trying to perfect every day. Do you? Are you on the bud tending side, or are you just on the the, <coughs> the, the managing side? Like, um, are you on the front lines bud tending? Not anymore. Were you? Doing I mean, that when, you when I when I go in there, like I was in there today, mm -hmm. uh, from four until about five fifteen, when I, I texted you, I was up there talking to some of the bartenders. But if they get busy, yeah, you can step in and do I'll hop in and you know talk to customers and help them out. I don't have any shifts up there or anything mm -hmm. like that. <laughs> nice. Like which part of that machinery? You said you're just jack of all trades. Just step in where it's needed. Then, huh? Um, like you're I the do, purchaser, main purchaser of um, for a gas station. Me and the owner Mason, we do the purchasing. We do all the concentrates. We do all the scheduling. Help with a lot of the pricing. Running a retail store. Yeah, pretty much the ins and the outs. Employee issues, stuff like that. How has relationships between businesses got? It seemed in the beginning it was real friendly. Everyone was going to the uh, the local meetings and having little get-togethers and barbecues and cooking hot dogs and stuff. Do you, do you guys still do that? I haven't seen much. I did see that there was some... There was a get-together recently, maybe about a month ago. And then I saw Good Titrations had a, like, a <clears throat> thank you party mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Like a, I went to that. And I don't go out very much, but I went to that. That was, that was pretty fun. So not much, huh? <laughs> not, it's not, just not much going. You guys are just so busy. I think the tourism is, you've seen a lot of tourists come through? The tourist season's weird because, like, you get the summer crowd who wants to come just because you know it's daylight all the time and it's nice and they want to come see the wildlife and they come fishing and yeah blah 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 you know this and that but you also 
like you think there's gonna be like a dip and a dead period, but you then once as soon as it starts getting dark, you get that other wave of tourists who want to come over and whether it's for marijuana, whether it's for the Northern Lights, or just to come, you know, do winter activities like snowboarding and snow machining and skiing and whatever it might be, people still come to Alaska for that. You see so, tourists all the time. Yeah, I mean, different. You said different types though, because they're more into the out. I mean, that's the thing though. You, you have all these different types of tourists. Like, oh, what are you here for? You know, oh, you know, we came through to drive from Fairbanks down to Anchorage. We're going to Alaska. And we like weed, so we wanted to come see the pot shops and hit them all the way down because we did our research. It's like, damn, okay, that's cool. Thanks for choosing grass. Yeah, like, that's badass. Yeah. I mean, then you get the random people who just stay at the hotels that are walking from the hotel looking for some weed because we heard it's legal here. Like, yeah, you, you can talk louder. Like, you don't have to whisper to us. Like, are they like that? Too? Oh yeah. But well, like, like where can we smoke? I was like. Honestly, like, due to regulations and, like, laws, like, it has to be in private property. And they're just like, well, <laughs> where, where is that? Like, I'm not from here. And I'm like, well, like, that's for you to decide because that's just the way the law is written. Or it's a $100 fine. Or it's a $100 fine. So, and they're like, oh, okay. I wonder if there's been any $100 fine given out. I gotta get jukes on. I have not heard from any single customer. Chief jukes, right? It's technically a waste of taxpayers' dollars because if they're sitting, taking the time to sit, find you, track you down, write you a ticket, they could have been saving someone or doing something productive. Definitely. So it would just have to be blatant. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> sitting on the steps of City Hall. Yeah, so I haven't heard of any $100 fines, which is cool. Any trends in Alaska retail? Concentrates are on the up. Just more people coming and asking for them? Yeah, people are finally starting to, you know, figure out what a dab rig is and figure out how to dab and what crumble is and all the different kinds of concentrates. But we all know what the end goal is. <laughs> and is, What's your favorite? What is your favorite? Me, personally, I like crumble. A little bit easier to work with. That's what I had bought down in Washington. Was putting in a pan. Mm-hmm. Well, it did seem easy. Yeah, that crumble is really easy to work with. Thank you, Good Cannabis, for your fine strains. Make sure you check out Durban Poison. This thing is coming in at twenty-four percent THC, five terps, five terps. Another thing I can really appreciate about Good, have you noticed their specials? They're not doing the low-end THC on special. All strains are on special. You gotta like that. Any strain you want. It's not just the lowball trying to get rid of their stuff. I like this method. Get on down there. Durban Poison, Bio Jesus, ooh, good cannabis. And Far North Tokers would like to thank Good Cannabis for sponsoring the podcast. Friday and Saturday, 10 to 11. Sunday through Thursday, 10 to 10. 356 Old Steez Highway, Fairbanks, Alaska. 907-452-5463. Good Cannabis. Here's Token.
Chris, you're like, uh, what uh, flower do you want to be smoking? I'm like, let's go look on Weed Maps. That felt really good. Right. And <laughs> just like, oh, hmm. I mean, you can click from store to store and see who's got what, see who's got what's new, stuff like that. Yeah. Do you guys have a website? Do you guys oh, use yeah. a website? We have our website, yeah, and it has our menu on it, too, that's linked to Weed like Maps. You can see, like, the three different ones kind of going on. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, well, I think right now it just has this one menu on it, the Cushman one. That's where we push all our people to. I feel like the other branches are kind of for people who are, you know, in town. Well, just local to that place. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't that what's going to be? I mean, with eventually, you, that's what's gonna be you don't go buy your beer at a specific place because you like the place, right? Some people do. Yeah, I guess, right? Some people do. Growlers and things. Yeah. That's not most. Yeah. But for the most part, I mean, you're going to have people who want particular things. And particularly if it's a grass station and they like grass station. And they want it if if it's convenient. I'll tell you what, that Chena Hot Springs one is real convenient to that that side of town. (laughs) Yeah. First place I went to when I came back into town from, was going cross country Came back in. We got back in late because coming through Canada, I was like, oh, we can just get home. Let's drive 20 hours. We can yeah. just get home. Get home, drive right down, check you guys out there. Yeah, shit, you're still That's great. Yeah, I'm really liking that place out there. It's nice, man, for those people who live out of town that don't want to drive all the way into town. It's like, all right, I'm right here by the turn-in, but I don't have to go any further. Well, <laughs> how many people came to town just to get weed? A lot. From that side, you know, and A now lot. it's just boom. Yeah. Right there. But now, you know, we're just trying to get it to where every store has the same options for the most part. Like one menu for each each store? I mean, every menu is going to be different at the end of the day, but we want, we, we want to provide that, that same variety at every store. So, like, in, instead of Cushman just having 30 strains, then Chino only having five. Ah, gotcha. Or six, you know, just because it's a little, you know. Hmm off store or something like that it's like have no, a lot of strains out there this this one should still have the same amount Thanks. of variety for them like you said a lot of people come in from out of town they only come to town once or twice a week to get their groceries so i want to come to town once or twice a week to get their weed it's it's convenient for a lot of people got it one day at a time that's all you no, really do to say about that young guy running not helping run whatever yeah, position run. you have Definitely helping. It's the definitely Grass Station 49 Empire. Big team effort, that's for sure. Sounds it from the bud tenders all the way to the packagers. Oh, yeah. Everywhere. They're, they roll the best joints in town, straight up. The pre-rolls, huh? Oh, yeah. I did actually get some. I came in for 420, and I noticed there were some these pre-rolls. I don't know if you guys haven't rolled, but they stick, did stick out as a... They come to clear, too. They're rolled by us. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They take pride in that. Rolling the joints. Who are they? Uh, Keem, Bruce, and Ike. Keem, and sometimes Bruce Tony. Tony. What kind? Of, what do you guys have? Rolling them. Um, we use the knockbox. Just like a thirty. Like a how big is it? It's the standard like one hundred hole one. Like, is it the bowl? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. The the white one. Yeah. yeah the lot nice. of the yeah. That thing's pretty sweet. A lot of people use them. No, I mean, it's pretty standard. My and. No reason to mess around with the volume you guys are doing with something small and doing by hand and manual. Just get that Dude, they roll done. the joints so quick. It's ridiculous. Like those guys, like, I mean, like, it's it's a science to, like, get them, like, it's a craft to get them to the point where, like, they weigh almost perfect, but then, oh, like, right. you gotta go and, like, just stuff it just a little bit. 
and they're not like overpacked yeah. and they're not tight yeah and, and the consistency loose. so yeah, definitely definitely people do not appreciate the joint rollers in town do they no. They just get those pre-rolls and smoke them down. Yep. All right. That, that's a good roach. Yeah. Here's... Tip your local... Here's uh, to the uh, joint, roller. joint rollers. <laughs> How'd you get into the dudes? Adam. Just met him down there? Or? I met a lot of them for the first time at the Canvas Classic. Not the first year, but the second year. Because there was like a secret smoke place. It was like a little place where they were blowing glass. I met like Adam, I met Honey Pit, uh, Ryan, Polly P. Like a lot of people that I'm still like I still talk to. That not a, not all of them are in the cannabis industry, but like, they're in the weed market stuff right. like that. So dudes, yeah, we're dudes. Some of them. <laughs> P's a girl. She's not a dude. Right, she's a dude, but not a dude. <laughs> Official dudette? No, no, no. Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't know. I thought they had a holding on the side group, too. Oh, no. I I know nothing about that shit. (laughs) All right, then. I don't either. (laughs) I know nothing about the other side. But I know. I think I got in because of Adam. He's like, what do you guys think about Chris and the the barely blunt guy? Yeah, sure. Why not? Ooh, all right. All right, dog. It seems to be quite the... It's quite... It's a network. Oh, yeah. For sure. Meet a lot of people in there. I've stayed pretty quiet in there. So have I. I stay pretty it seems quiet pretty everywhere. Tough. That's a tough. It's a tough crowd in there. Nah, I mean, it's not that. I just no reason to really talk. Nah, not much to say. I just sit back and listen. What do we have to look forward to from Grass Station? <coughs> Holiday specials. <coughs> yeah, what's going on? Oh yeah, Our, we got a lot of new weed coming, and we just got a lot of new weed. It'll be very exciting. We got some candy cane cartridges and good titrations. What is that? Just the straight. It's a uh, distillate flavored with candy cane terps. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, guys. They're good titrations. Right? Always doing something crazy. Become a patron of Far North Tokers at patreon.com slash midtoker. Listeners supporting the artist for as little as $2 a month. Patreon helps continue new weekly shows. And now your patronage comes with extra benefits from our sponsors. Chena Cannabis, the North Bowl Refinery, Dab Lab AK, and Moving Free Farms. Thank you to our newest patrons, D.B. Copeland and Barry Dabber, Sarah Grover, Josiah Lockery, Bertie Walter, and Rhonda Howard, and longtime patrons, Marilyn Berglund, Carrie Mullis, Aaron Worthen, Peggy Peters, and Ramlin Ranger. Here's Token Far North Token. So who are the, some of the top cultivators we need to be looking for? Well, I think state the obvious. We've been talking about Tanana. They're really good. Boreal is really good. Just some local. No, I mean when I, I don't spend much in shops. So when I come mm. in, especially when I come into your shop, you have so many options. It's nice to know what I can narrow it down to. Well, there's a lot of good local cultivators, but like for people who are not from Fairbanks, guest services has good stuff. Always are consistent. Yeah, super chirpy. Um, Frost Farms has like those exotic strains that a lot of the 21 to 25 year old kids are looking for, like the wedding cake and the gelato and the grapefruit juice, you know, stuff like that. Um, they grow really good stuff. Gringo? Well, yeah, obviously, because we sell it. <laughs> Who is it? Gringo. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the uh, nine pound hammer. 
He, he grows a lot of stuff. He grows a grease monkey, the gummy bear that tests at 30%. Consistent. Super consistent with its high numbers. A lot of people thought, like, oh, you're just going to hit it once. But, like, nah, he's been there for the last year, pretty much, pumping out consistent numbers. Gringo Parallel 64 is pretty good. Down in the peninsula, Permafrost is pretty good at Greatland. They got those boom blunts. Those things are pretty cool. They're one gram palm leaf blunts, but they've got CO2 oil shot inside. What does that do? Gets you really high. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> right? I want the highest heat. Oh, so you want this bad boy over here. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of cool products coming to the market, too. So that's really awesome. It's fine. It's starting to kind of diversify a little bit. Got some barely blunt stuff coming. Got lots of stuff at Grass Station. Got some new hoodies out. Some new jackets. Cool seeing people wearing it and stuff like that. So, Do you see people wearing it that you don't know? Oh, yeah, all the time, dude. It's weird. That's good. It's that weird. must be a wild feeling. It's weird. Do but, people uh, know that you're barely blunt and they're wearing your shirt? Oh, they never come up that far at the next step. Some people do. Some people don't. Right. Don't matter to me. That's still cool seeing it out there. Yeah, it's still cool. But yeah, everything's been a learning curve so far. I'm still still young, so. Hell yes. Yeah, trying to take the marijuana industry by storm. Yeah. Thank you for coming on finally. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Smoking on the blunt? Uh, always, if we have another rap. Oh, weird. Looky here. All right, I'm going to hit stop and let you talk. Word. Sounds good. Hey, hey! Thank you for joining us on Far North Tokers. You can find more episodes of this time capsule of Alaskan Cannabis on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, send questions and comments to midtoker at farnorttokers.com. M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R at farnorttokers.com. And now, Patreon. Help support the show financially at patreon.com slash midtoker. Here's token. Be humble again, man. Can't speak on that. No, it's good. It's, it's tough to be in your position. And I just keep on asking. But it's, it's my nature. No, it's it's fun. <laughs> That's for sure.